Welcome back to the podcast, The Secret of a Successful Life Series, Volume 3, Living Well in Difficult Times. In this new volume that begins in September of 1929, we will learn about Harry and Clara beginning their new married life together with some expected and unexpected events taking place. This episode is titled, Financially, You Two Are Set for Life. Clara and Harry, come in. We're so glad to see you. Harry, when did you get back to Iowa? Clara just picked me up at the train depot in town this morning. The whole church is anxious to see you. This is going to be a special weekend with you and Clara getting married this Saturday afternoon, and then your ordination to the ministry on Sunday. You two sure know how to pack a lot of important services into one weekend. Well, this weekend of September 14 and 15, 1929, will be a special anniversary in two ways for you two. The church is so honored that you want to get married here and that you think enough of this congregation to want to be ordained here. Now, there's some important matters we need to discuss before then. This wedding is different than most around here. Most people just run off and get married. But this Clara of ours wants to have a church wedding. Harry, she wants me to walk her down the aisle. Well, that sounds like a great compliment, Mr. And Mrs. Hunt. Harry, you are about to marry into this family, and we have some things we want you to know about. So you two sit down at the table, and Grandma and I'll visit with you. First of all, Harry, tell us about this new church you just started to preach at in Ohio. Well, Ralph and Beulah, the college told us about this congregation that needed a preacher. The church is located in Winslow, Ohio, a farming community about like what we have around here. The town is about 50 miles northwest of Cincinnati. The church has been established for almost 100 years and has several people in attendance. I realize that there are several Christian churches in this area, but when you get back in the Ohio area, there are Christian churches almost everywhere. Before school was out last spring, the church agreed to hire me. Clara and I had gone to look the church and community over and feel we can start our married life there. So since Clara has come back home for the summer to get ready for the wedding, I've been working at getting things ready for us out there. Harry, tell us about the house you two will be living in. Grandma, the house is a big farmhouse with plenty of room. There are outbuildings where we could raise a few hogs, have some cows and chickens if we wanted to do so. In the recent years, the preachers who lived there chose not to do that kind of work. There are a few acres connected with the property for pasture. Back in the day when the preacher needed a horse to get around, there was pasture and hay ground for that need. If the need should ever arise, you'd be able to take care of farm animals like you've done here. It sounds like Clara will be able to have her cat farm like she would like to have here. Why, that girl would adopt every stray cat in the country if you'd let her. Grandma, 
Now, I think we'll have some pets. Growing up in the city, I could never have a dog or cat. This is something we're looking forward to. Okay, enough about the small talk. Harry, how much are they paying you? Now, Ralph, isn't that their business and not ours? Mr. Hunt, the church there is paying me $25 a week. When I finish college next year, they promise to give me $30 a week. That is a right good income for these days. Harry and Clara, we've never seen the nation's economy like this before. These last few years have been very prosperous for us. I want you to know that I've already paid for next year's schooling and am saving for a car to use in ministry. Harry, that is part what we want to talk to you about. After Clara's parents died, the banker confessed to making Clara's dad pay for a loan that was already paid for by his dad. The banker returned the original amount of $500 and like Zacchaeus in the Bible, repaid that amount by four times. I was given the job of overseeing that money. So in the last few years, that amount has grown considerably. Clara's education has been paid for from that amount and is all paid up for her last year's school. So with the trust fund, I have invested most of the balance in stocks and bonds, which are returning quite a profit right now. The way things are going right now, you two will be set for life financially. Grandpa, Grandma, I truly appreciate everything you've done for me. And now that I'm going to marry Harry, thank you for explaining these matters. I want you to know that Harry has never told me how to spend that money. I know he is marrying me because he loves me and not for the money. But, Grandpa, there's something I want to say about this setup. I know you are turning Papa and Mama's farm over to us when we get married. I want to keep that as long as we can. That land reminds me of my parents. However, there's something about this trust fund that I feel uneasy about right now. Ralph started to tense up at this last comment, but remained quiet for the moment. Gathering her courage, Clara said, I just don't think we should have all that money in the stock market. I'd feel a lot better if we put some of it in a fruit jar down in your food cave. That way it's safe in the event of a fire or tornado. I really don't trust the banks after what happened to Papa. Now, girl, where did you get those kind of foolish ideas? Those stocks are making a good profit. Do you realize what you would lose by cashing in on them now? Seeing the hurt reaction in Clara's face, Harry said, Ralph, I can see that both of you have very strong feelings about this issue. I suggest that we each pray about it and visit more in a day or two. Since Clara is asking you to put part of the money in a fruit jar in a cellar, it's not like we're going to be taking it with us. The money will still be good, and if the stock market remains good in a few months, who's to say one could not reinvest it then? 
for a future in-law. You do make some sense. But I'm going to pray about this. Now on to other business. Today, when you go to the courthouse to get your marriage license, we'd like you to take our car. Leave it at the car dealership where I need to have some things taken care of. When you're done, you can pick it up, okay? After dinner, Clara and Harry got in Grandpa's car and started to drive the 10 miles to the county seat. Honey, Grandpa really hurt my feelings this morning. Oh, sweetheart, I could see you were getting upset. It was good you kept quiet and not add fuel to his fire. Harry, I've never seen Grandpa like this before. It's like he has suddenly had to become a boss over our lives. Well, sweetheart, let's try to see this from his point of view. You've been in their home for several years. Now that we are going to get married, do you suppose that has stirred up old feelings of when your parents died? Maybe Grandpa's just hurting again over that. Harry, that sounds possible. It sounds just like what Professor Walker would say in counseling class. But there's just something different about Grandpa with this money thing. I've never seen him act like this before. Maybe we should have just ran off and got married like most people do. That would have saved a lot of emotions. But, but hold on, I'm all for this special wedding for us. Let's drop this car off for your grandparents and walk to the courthouse for our license. And half an hour later, with a marriage license paid for, Clara and Harry walked hand in hand to the car garage. I wonder if they have Grandpa's car taken care of yet. Harry, his car's still where we left it. Do you suppose they've even started to work on it? Walking into the car business, Harry and Clara walked up to the desk to explain they had come to pick up Ralph Hunt's car. So, you are Harry and Clara. Don't suppose you have any identification on you, do you? Harry held his temper, but felt this was strange. He said, if you have to know, here's our marriage license with our names on it. Looking at the paper, the man said, that is fine. I just had to make sure. Concerning your transportation home today, other arrangements have been made for you. Oh? What is wrong with Grandpa's car? Clara asked. I reckon his car is just fine. But that brand new blue sedan over there is even better. Your grandparents just bought it for your wedding present. That's why I needed to see your identification. Here are the keys and the paperwork. Congratulations. You have a brand new car. At that moment, Grandpa and Grandma Hunt walked into the showroom with David and Anna Benson. Running to her grandparents, Clara hugged them both and thanked them for this great surprise. This was the most guarded secret in the community, Ralph said. You had scarcely got down the road when David and Anna came to pick us up to be here. Now, I will admit, some of the money that bought this car came from your trust fund we oversee. David and Anna rushed up to congratulate the surprise couple. Harry and Clara, this new model is a great improvement over the old style that's been on the market for almost 15 years. This car has an electric starter and a good four-cylinder engine. 
Instead of two forward gears, this car comes with a three-speed transmission. You should have plenty of room to travel back to Ohio with this. Now, Anna and I have something special for you also. Since you will be moving some things to Ohio, we had a special trailer made for you. You can move many things with a trailer pulled behind this car. Why, the day might even come when you'll want to haul some livestock in a trailer like this. When you get in your car, you can pick your trailer up at the blacksmith shop. Harry and Clara both took turns driving their new car that afternoon. Never in their wildest dreams had they thought they would receive a new car for a wedding present. Honey, I've been thinking. Now that your grandparents bought us this new car, what are we going to do with the car fund I've been saving for? Harry, you've often said you would like to have a good radio. You've outgrown your crystal set you made. You know, with a good radio, we could even pick up signals from here in Iowa. If I ever get homesick, that would almost be like being back home again. Okay, Clara, let's buy a good quality radio. Why don't we wait to buy one out there so that would be one less thing we have to haul in this new car. Later in the week, Helen McIntosh, along with Walter and Julianne and family, arrived from Chicago for the special events that weekend. The rest of the week seemed to drag by, but Saturday evening finally arrived. The temperature was hot that day after the wedding service. The wedding couple then greeted their guests outside. Many of the people brought gifts to the wedding. When Frank and Betsy Benson stopped by with their gift, it was no surprise that they gave a new ice cream freezer. When Walter and Julianne greeted Harry and Clara, Walter shook his little brother's hand and said he had married a very special girl that had become close to them also. Julianne said, Clara, you're now part of our family. We have felt so close to you for years, but now you're even closer. We wish the very best for you both. The next morning, Mr. and Mrs. Harry McIntosh were in church. The attendance was quite large, and a wonderful fellowship dinner followed the service. During the meal, Walter McIntosh caught David Benson and said, I've said it before, but you Iowa farmers eat all the time. This is a wonderful meal. We just love coming out here to visit. I guess we will have to start taking some of our vacations back in Ohio so we can visit Harry and Clara. But we'll still come here as often as we can. Our family has been greatly blessed by Clara's family. We cannot begin to tell all the blessings that has brought us. We're so proud of those two. David told Walter, You know, now that I think about it, Clara really is part of my family now. Walter, Harry, your brother, just married Clara, making her Anna's sister-in-law. So my adopted sister is now our sister-in-law. That afternoon, the elders of the church led an ordination service for Harry to dedicate him into the Christian ministry. Minister John Matthews preached a message about Harry being a courier of the king. Harry was going to be telling people about Jesus and preparing them to meet God for eternity. The events of this weekend were not only special for Harry and Clara, 
but the entire congregation was very proud of those two young people. The church was sending out two of their very best young people to represent Jesus in the world. The next Monday morning, when the newlyweds were getting ready to leave for Ohio, David and Anna stopped by to say goodbye. We realize that your travel plans have changed greatly with this new car and trailer. Yes, David, we had planned to send Claire's things on the train with us, but we're not complaining. We'll just be camping along the road while we drive out to Ohio. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. Not that you will need it, but here's something to keep under the seat. At that, David handed Harry a box. What is it, Harry? Clara asked as she held his arm and looked over his shoulder. Opening the box, the newlyweds saw a shiny leather holster with a German Luger pistol in it. David explained the importance of this gift. I know that after Anna and I were married, Anna learned how to shoot my other Luger pistol. That came in handy once when someone was making unwanted advances. You know, this gift really didn't cost me much. I took it from a German officer in the war. I actually brought two pistols home from the war, so we still have the one that Anna can use if she needs one. This way, you have a weapon with you if you should need it on the trip home. After the couple got into the car, Grandpa whispered to Clara, Now, honey, it goes against my better judgment, but I will put aside $1,000 from your trust fund, like you asked me to, and place it down in a cave. With the rest of your trust fund and those stocks, you are financially set for a lifetime. Driving away for the adventure of their lifetime, Clara and Harry dreamed of what the future would hold for them. Someday they would like to have a family, sometime some pets, and the Lord knew what else he would bless them with. They felt like they had the world by the tail. And what an exciting time it was. Thank you for this podcast. We invite you to listen to the next episode that will describe the reactions felt during the dark and troubling times in late October 1929.